Hello again, one and all. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 25. That's right, the quarter century of our lovely little podcast. And as promised, it's time for me and Mike to take the reins for a couple of episodes, give Phil a nice little break as we implement our own instances of trash. All that coming up on this time of that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends, and actually most of them were trash, but some of them weren't, aka I'm in love with the trash manga aka the Trash Manga Friends Podcast. If you've been listening to us for all 25 episodes, you know the drill by now. Three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga and debate the good, the bad, but mostly the trash. I am the host eternal, Sean, and I am joined by the teenage romance couple of Phil and Mike. How are you both? Just throwing this out there, Sean. I am very certain we're both older than you. No, Sean's older than me. Oh, are you the baby of the group? I am the baby of the group. Oh, that's why you're so gosh darn adorable. Oh, thanks, Mike. I was wondering where you were going with that, because there was a slight pause before adorable. <laughs> gosh darn sexy? No, okay. So... <laughs> Stupid sexy Phil. <laughs> Stupid sexy Phil. Oh, um... just, uh, just, uh. <laughs> I just say I'm fucking depressed after reading this one. It's Jesus. reasonable. If you came out of this one being I'm fucking happy and on top <laughs> of the world, I'd be like, Mike, we need to have words. Like this is this is like some oh, I, mean, I guess we'll get to it, but this is like some sad shit you picked for us this time. Good God. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I suspect it's um not gonna be the easiest to talk about as well. So that'll be fun for everyone to look forward to. Nah, it'll be it'll be fine. You just you just talk about the banging, and then there you go. That's <laughs> that's ninety percent of the manga. It is, mm. yeah. So there you go. We just talk about the whole manga. No, because but... we we are actually talking about the whole thing. Like this is all of like all of it, right? Yes, this is. Uh, you know what? We'll just get straight into it. See, the, the banter is just. Oh sure, we're talking about the series. So there you go. Cool. Oh sure. Episode start. This time around, we will be discussing Umibi no Onanoko, uh, known as A Girl on the Shore. This is a two-volume manga, and as Mike mentioned, it is completely out. There were 20 chapters total, ran from July 2009 to January 2013. It's a coming-of-age romance-slash-slice-of-life series. Uh, it is drawn and written by Inio Asano, who is the multi-Eisner Award-nominated mangaka who is probably one of the most notable names in the industry over the past decade, who has a Solon in, Goodnight Pun Pun, and currently is doing Dead Dead Demons, D Destruction. All three of those have been Eisner nominated. Uh, he's also won a Shogakugan Manga Award for D and got Harvey nominated for Solon in. So, big deal, as uh, mangakas go. Uh, this is available to buy from Vertical. They've licensed it as like an all-in-one, so uh, both volumes in like one tanker bomb that you can buy which I, in fact, do own. It came out a few years back. But there's never been an anime adaptation of this, and I doubt there will be for many reasons, mainly the sex. Mainly the sex. Did you say he won an Eisner Award for this in particular? No, this one has not. This one didn't. was one of his works that didn't get nominated, right. but uh, everything else he's done has been nominated. He's never won one, to my knowledge. Because I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if this did get nominated, because... For all of the shit, I'm definitely going to give this thing. Huh. It is very... Wait for it, Phil. It is very well written. Yeah, it's uh, 
It's definitely an art house style manga. Yeah, it's very complicated. Brilliant. Um, so I will pause you right there, because okay. first of all, I have to say what a girl on the shore is actually about. Yeah. Usually, I'd throw to Phil for the premise, but uh, since I chose this one, it's my job. So this uh, is a series mainly about Komei and Asobi, who are two teenagers at a crossroads in their life. Stuck in a seaside Japanese town, both of them struggle with the emotional traumas life has dealt them. Uh, Komei has suffered from sexual abuse at the hands of her last boyfriend, while Asobe struggles to cope with the loss of his brother. To try and help them each other get past that, they end up engaging in a casual sex relationship. But uh, will that be enough to fill the holes in their hearts, or will it just make life more complicated for the pair of them and those they know? I mean, sure as shit complicated. <laughs> yes, this is... Like, if, if you ever complained about simplified characters, Mike, this isn't one of them. <laughs> it's, like, so complicated to its deficit, though. Like, it is really hard to nail down what some of these characters are about. Just like real people. Well, apart from, like, depression and exploring sexuality, let's say, as the, uh, the nicest way I can put that. Because, yeah, this is... There is not a single chapter in this thing without some sort of sexual contact. And there's 20 chapters, so... Uh, that, that, no, there are quite a few chapters without sexual contact. There's a lot of <laughs> really? sexual content in here, but it's... I wouldn't say it makes up more than, like, a fifth or a quarter of the manga. I would say it definitely makes up more than that. It yeah, really it doesn't. <laughs> Considering that's the only thing that... Well, not the only thing. That's the main thing I have... Uh, taken away from this is that it is full of sex. Like I'd say, it's if it's not over half of it, it definitely feels like it's over half of it. It will feel like it because a lot of the story revolves around it, but um, yeah. the actual sexual content itself isn't as prevalent as some people yeah, make it. Sure, happen. okay, it's not showing them having sex and doing sexual activities yeah. all the goddamn time, but it is a lot of them talking about. Why won't you let me fuck you? And oh, I accept that. It's that deal in graphic detail as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it is not shy about what it's talking about in that respect. Yeah, it is. It is also worth mentioning that while I'm sure somebody jerks off to this, it is not porn, <laughs> and it could it could easily be porn. Like easily with a very slight tonal shift, this would be porn, but it's not, and it, it does avoid that. Which is part of the reason why I say it's very, uh, it's very well written. It's very complex writing, uh, so much so I kind of doubt we're gonna give it proper justice in this. Like you really do have to read it for yourself to understand what we're saying. I mean, I completely agree with that. I mean, I won't give away my opinion of it, but I first read it back in like 2018 when I got the Tankerbon, and then read it a couple of times again for this podcast. And it's surprising how much my opinion shifted on multiple rereads of it as well. So. Yeah, it's also just like really dense, like. Um... For those privy to how we record these things, we tr generally try to do one recording a week, which is why... We... <laughs> I said try, <laughs> which is why we quite often say this week's episode rather than this fortnight's episode or whatever. And I straight up needed more time to read this because it was very heavy in both text amount and detail and emotion. Like, this shit is depressing as well. And as a result of that, it's like, it's really hard to read. Well, I'm sure someone like Phil, who reads these things constantly, like reads manga constantly, I'm sure he could like barrel through he it in did. a single session. He did. Which I'm sure uh, he did, yeah. yeah. I finished it about five minutes ago, Mike. 
yeah, someone having stopped it about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> someone like me who is on the more casual side of enjoying manga, it is it is a hard read, and it is it is definitely something which you shouldn't um, shouldn't uh, tank all in one sitting. No, uh, because it, it deserves to be spaced out with the kind of ideas they have at play. And I will say, when we say dense, like, yeah, it is dense in its form, its themes and its ideas. The actual text itself are like one or two bits. Um, for example, when he's writing a message on his computer, it's not like they're massively wordy text bubbles. And heck, no. there are times where there's just literal pages with no dialogue and it's just scenes outside or kids running around town. When I say that it's dense, I don't necessarily mean that it's a wall of text. I, I no. didn't mean to suggest that. I, I mean, more well, like... we've had series in the past that have been like, it's dense, by which we do mean it's never-ending Fucking... text dumps like The Gamer. The Gamer, yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> Fucking up. That thing affected me far deeper than this ever would. Because, <laughs> goddamn. But yeah, like, when I say it's dense, I mean, like, the stuff they're saying is very... It's, it's very, uh, very dense in the self sense that it's very self-composed there's a lot of ideas going on in a very short space of time and uh, a lot of uh, emotion thrown into it and as a result of that it's it's it, it requires you to you can't just skim it it requires you to like stop and read everything whereas in some other manga like the gamer despite there's way more text involved you can just skim it and get the idea of it so yeah this one this one should not be seen as uh, one and done if you are going to read it, definitely give yourself time to read it. Especially because the themes involved are the magic word of the day, complicated. <laughs> like yes. These are very complex characters and they are in situations which don't really have a right and wrong. And it's all compounded by the fact that they are, they are kids. Yes. Um, they are pre-high school age, which I'm sure you guys can tell me. 14 to 15. Yeah, there you go. So it is a very, <laughs> I was going to say something to the effect of Sean decided to make us read something that was a bit too real. Um, <laughs> but I also don't think any of this could no. actually happen in real life. It's a bit I, too exaggerated. I, I think okay, I'm not saying, happen, it, yeah, yeah, it could happen, but it doesn't, you know. It is not the norm. It's not a no. common set of circumstances. And to be fair, the, the story itself actually does point that out as well. So, yeah, it is a very particular situation of teenagers who have not had the happiest lives in not so much in that they're being abused or anything like their family and home lives are fine for the most part. I so for the sure for pretty standard, I think. The point ways. is, it's not I say not standard. They're not being like beaten up or anything on a regular basis. No, it's like not being abused. No, they're, they're just depressed teenagers basically the teenagers yeah the teenagers <laughs> like they they have the what exactly what you'd expect especially from like a uh, a japanese culture which puts a lot of pressure on kids that age and you know everyone i guess so yeah it's a lot of uh a lot of delving into characters uh one of the things i would disagree with what you said sean was that it's a romance story yeah it's romance in asterisks as in, <laughs> yeah. there, there are themes of romance, but it's definitely not a traditional romance story. It, it is not really romance at all. Like, I, I understand why it would be tagged as romance, but... Yeah, it, it doesn't really have the nuance required. <laughs> I would extremely argue against that. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, would, like, it doesn't I have mean, the considering, 
chunks of the story are one of the characters having feelings for the other and then mm. that being reversed in the second half of the story. Uh, mm. Yeah, um, I have thoughts about that as well. But yeah, it's essentially, this is a situation where because they're all teenagers, none of these people are good people. Like, they're not. They're all got bad shit going on with them. Some more so than others, granted, but no one is perfect in this. And so it becomes very difficult to back any one character. And I, to be fair to the writer, I don't think you're meant to. Uh, yeah, everything is intentionally complex and there are ca characters are intentionally grounded and multifaceted. So uh, there'll be parts of one where you like and root for them, but then they'll maybe do or say something else that makes you go, oh, wait, no, hang on. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. like real people. <laughs> just like real people. And uh, just like real teenagers, they're all assholes. <laughs> and they're all fucking. And they're all fucking, yeah. Like, th there is... I know we've said a lot about the sex. But there is so much pretty graphic sex in this. Like, it stops short of being porn, like I said before. But it, you basically see everything. You everything. do, in fact, see everything. It yeah. is a lot more advanced than many uh, manga did it outside of like hentai many manga depict yeah depictations depictions Picked. put them after De De yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah it's it's more a lot more like in depictions of the sexual content i mean heck i think this is one of the notes i think on the wikipedia page for this is that this is one of the very few manga or one of the first manga that actually show pubic hair for example yeah not only that but i would actually say just thinking about it now this actually goes a lot further than a lot of porn does because there's no yeah. heavy pixelization or anything <laughs> Uh, his his dick is like whited out generally. But it yeah. is sure, sure. censored, but it's also not in places. To to give you an idea, of the, um, again, this isn't the defining. The whole story isn't sex. I'll even despite what I'm about to say, but I mean, the story yourself, you do see. Uh, he ejaculates at one point. He has a dildo up his ass at one point and drinks his own semen. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to him. Implied scat eating at one point. There's yeah. there's a lot of. Yeah, it's not just vanilla as well. I mean, since you mentioned it, the thing I was going <laughs> to say about that particular character, whose name I do not remember. Uh, Isobe, uh, assuming sure. you mean the guy. Yeah. Yep, yep, the, the main male lead of this, because uh, the story focuses around a female lead and a male lead. And, uh, Tome, the female lead, Isobe, the male lead. Yeah. The thing I would say about him is he has all of the fetishes. He does have all the fetishes. All of them. And that's not really me being hyperbolic. I, I get the feeling that... Because, yeah, there's... On the one hand, there's exploring your sexuality. And on the other hand, there's having all the fetishes like he does. Because I, I fully believe he is down to do literally anything. Like, if you think of it as a thing, he's down to it. He's down for it. Partly that, and also I think partly as well, one of the reasons is, and I think this is mentioned in like a line he says at one point, that he basically wants to leave such a resounding memory on um now i forgot her name fucking out Kome, mm -hmm. uh so that she would never like even if she moves on to someone else in the future she would never be able to forget him because uh how would you ever forget someone who's eating your shit fucking which would be fine and dandy except right after that particular scene he's like oh you'll get a serious boyfriend and then you'll just pretend none of this happened and you'll forget about it yeah teenagers don't make sense phil yeah, but his particular <laughs> his particular brand of teenage angst is very um, high school shootery. 
<laughs> uh, he's nihilistic. Is how I would. At least he becomes nihilistic. As yeah, like I, I on. There's a point quite near the end, like three quarters of the way through, maybe a bit further, where it genuinely looks like he's ramping up to do like some sort of mass shooting event. Like it really does look like that's what they're ramping up to. I never like, felt oh, mass no. shooting. There was a point where it ramps up and it looks like, and the story very heavily implies that he's committed suicide. Yeah, um, I never got mass shooter vibes. I got I, I, murder. I, I I definitely. I, I also. I could also see suicide, but I got murder. Definitely suicide, but I did think it was more going to be a. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. You mean the bit before that where he goes after Masaki and all that? Yeah. Well, right. Okay. I'm, I, that's bit I'm assuming Mike's talking about. Well, considering he never had a gun, that would be impressive. Well, yeah. Like he never had a gun, but he also didn't show because he used a taser at that point in the story. He never yes. showed he had showed he had that either. So true. It did show he had a taser. You should. He, it showed you him putting it in his bag. Well, yeah, but like at that point, it showed it. Before that point, it he didn't show uh, that. He just with he you. just had it. Like all right, I will say we're probably jumping around a bit here, but it also doesn't super matter that we're doing that. Not really, with the exception of a couple of things. You can talk about the events of the story in basically any order, and it would still come out the same. And I'm not saying that like a bad thing, because uh, the story is paced very very well. It's just that uh, pacing mostly. is... There are, yeah. there are one or two bits where there's like random time skips mid-chapter and then like, until someone in the story addresses it, you'd have no idea. Sure. I sure. think actually that taser thing is like, takes place a month after like literally the page or two before afterwards. You're like, wait, why, yeah. have we, why have we skipped a month here? What? They seemed happy like two pages ago. Now what? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm more thinking that the story they want to tell is an intentionally very slow story. Like, this is a form of slice of life. Yes. And I say a form of because it's a very different experience than what you would normally get. For one thing, it's not happy. This isn't light and I fluffy. Mean, slice it's, of life doesn't have to be happy. It doesn't have to be, but it often but it is. predominantly is. Yeah. Like, and so this isn't what you'd expect. And so it has a glacial pace apart from these jumps. And because of that, I feel like those time jumps are a little bit necessary uh, in order to, for the story to actually move on. I've got no problem with them having them there, just like put a little note in the top right saying like, a month later. Sure. Although <laughs> manga doesn't generally like doing that. No. Doesn't like, it doesn't like saying like outright saying three years later. Sure. Put it as a chapter break then. Don't put it... Fair. I swear it was mid-chapter. No, no. You're, yeah, you're right. I, I know exactly. I remember what you're saying and yeah. It wasn't great, especially because um, the art of this is good, but it's not very clear at times. I would heavily disagree. I'd say the I, art is I phenomenal. With mine. And that uh, easily the best art of anything we covered on this show. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the art is bad, because it's really good. Yeah, it is very detailed, very realistic, which again ties into the themes and the, sto the stories trying to develop. Yeah, especially absolutely. the backgrounds are... I assume he's taken photos and drawn over them or something like that. I don't want you to take away from this that I thought the art was bad, because I think it's very <laughs> good. The point I'm trying to make is it's not always clear when it's trying to do show, don't tell. There's like, quite near the end, uh, one of the running themes of the male lead is that because he's like so depressed and such a shut-in that he basically doesn't like wash his hair and it just gets really long and matted. And then right near the end, he cuts his hair and because he just gets a brand new outlook on life out of seemingly nowhere. Uh, it's because he's met the girl on the shore. Sure. Seemingly nowhere. And 
It's not nowhere, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Seemingly nowhere, which I'll happily discuss in a moment. But yeah, as a result of that, the character design changes so much that all the characters are like, I recognize you straight away. I had no idea who that was. Like it was really? such a yeah, I couldn't. That was tell incredibly who it was. obvious to me. Not to, not to me. There's only like two, two or three main male uh, character faces you need to remember. It's incredibly obvious who it is. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm kind of sure. with Mike here. Like, if it wasn't for the fact there's only really two or three characters yeah. in this series, I'd have been like, "Who the fuck is this?" There's like five or six named characters, and only two of them matter. The the rest are set dressing. They are in scenes when you need to have other people, so like at school or talking about some random school event, which frankly is irrelevant to the story. But like, I, I get why it's there. It's because, you know, real life doesn't have things that are just relevant to you. Like other things do happen in the background. So I get it. It's just a lot of the stuff that happens around these characters are set dressing. So if something happens with those characters specifically, yeah, that's obvious. But it's also the art style that they've chosen to go with here doesn't make things 100% clear all the time. And there is a few missteps on the way. Uh, not too many. By and large, the art is very, very good. It's just, it bleeds into that whole how dense this thing is and how you really need to like take time to read it because of like the amount of detail involved. Yeah, I would say, I, it's definitely detailed. I would never say I had like got lost in a scene because of the detail or anything like that. It's not like a panel I always refer to as a panel in one of the early Naruto chapters where I had no idea what the fuck I was meant to be focusing on because everything was hyper detailed. And I think Naruto is in the corner of the image and it took me like a minute to realize that. This one I never feel goes has that issue. I have a much better personal example. Like my, uh, my barometer for messy and overly detailed art is the near the end of Helsing. Um, which I appreciate neither of you have read, but if you have read Helsing, you probably know exactly. I've seen what Helsing Ultimate about. abridged. <laughs> yeah, it's not when it's moving, it's not so bad. But in the still images, black and white still images of the manga, it's there's a scene near-ish the end where um, one of the characters turns into a thorns monster, mess of thorns monster, and it it's impossible to see what's going on in those scenes. Like, there's just so much stuff. And yeah, it's all crazy detailed, but it is messy as hell. So it doesn't go that far at any point. But that's my, that's my yardstick for how good is the art? Is it, is it good, but that messy? Or is it just, is it just fine? <laughs> and yeah, so it's never that bad. Like I could always figure it out eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's some scenes where it just took me another couple of looks at it another couple of seconds to realize who was what and what was going on and looking for context clues from the text and the speech and whatnot so yeah like it's not perfect to say the least at least in my opinion hey phil what were you what were your thoughts on the art i would say i i i largely agree with mike with it like it, it was good art it's just i mean i tend to have a little bit of face blindness i guess and this art doesn't particularly help that. And as I say, mm. if it wasn't for the fact there was only a handful of characters of any note, including the main characters, there was definitely times where I was like, I don't really recognize these people. And thankfully, as I say, that doesn't matter because those characters just are not important. 
as oh, long yeah. as it's set dressing. There's so many characters that I swear you only see once. Probably. Like you see a lot of uh Kome's friends yeah. when they're at school, but there are essentially five characters in this besides well, three besides the two leads of which yeah. are more than just background people. So there is I'm gonna I've got these names written down somewhere. So there's Keiko, who is essentially uh Komi's best friend, so the the female lead's best friend, who yeah. is essentially just her confident. They rebound off each other when you don't need a guy in the scene and she puts a lot of faith in Kome and she also has her own side story with another one of the side characters, which again, as as has been pointed out, isn't hugely relevant. I wouldn't say it's irrelevant, but it's there as a background thread when the story needs to take a beat well, I mean, away from you you were saying like she was Kome's confidant, but I would say actually yes. really Kome never tells her anything. It's more she's like, Oh, I like this guy to Kome. And it's like, Alright, great, that's her story, I guess. Yeah, sure, but like that's the kind of role they are for each other, or at least have been prior to the events of the story beginning. Mm. And then the other one is uh, Shota, who is a little pipsqueak obsessed with baseball on the baseball team. Uh, has a has had a crush on Komei, the female lead, for a long time. Because they're childhood friends. Yep. And his main role in the story is essentially he uh, sees, well, he finds out the relationship that the two leads are in, confronts Asobi about it. Asobi absolutely just taunts him to the end, end and back because he doesn't care at that point. Uh, as I mentioned, he's a mildly nihilistic which leads to the two of them tumbling over a school banister and uh, Sobi getting out relatively unscathed while Shota uh, breaks his leg, I believe, among other things. Yeah, and has some sort of miscellaneous head injury as well. It's, I mean, yeah. I'm amazed he didn't catch a cold. That's generally what happens. <laughs> sure. I'm amazed he just didn't fucking die. Yeah, that's what I thought they were leading up to, but yeah. they didn't. They pulled back on that one. I thought it was going to be... This this moment of let's call it passion um, caused them to be thrown over the banister and yeah. to have one or so be literally antagonizing. Mm-hmm. But like, no, no, we were just place like like I just tripped and fell. We'd never fight. Like, I mean, what would you do with your life if you ruined your school career and baseball career? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, again, so like like most teenagers, they can throw barbs when they need to, and barbs can cut deep. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I will say is another positive about the characters. We you see fifteen year old characters in manga all the fucking time, all yes. the time. In spite of the somewhat extreme circumstances surrounding these characters, in terms of their social interactions and etiquette, these are probably the most believable teenage characters I've ever read in manga, and possibly any thing I've ever read or seen before like on tv or anything because they all have reactions that i would say are very realistic to the situation like uh teenagers don't think shit out they don't think that i'm gonna ruin my entire career i'm gonna wreck my whole career by starting a fight with this guy they don't they just they don't have the the capability of thinking stuff through on that level and it all comes off as someone who really really knows what they're talking about and it really does read like someone who is currently a teenager is writing <laughs> it which is uh, he's not obviously yeah he's not <laughs> he's been doing any has been drawing mango i think for like 15 plus years at this point yeah so, uh... like i didn't think he was i was just thinking <laughs> that's what it feels like so either he just really really remembers very very well 
or he's talked to a lot of teenagers recently about just the human experience within modern society because yeah it's it's crazy accurate it's crazy accurate to a point of like yeah that's all even though it's extreme it's believable it's it's a it's a very strange read because it's very uncanny valley in that way it's very uh this is real but it's also not and i don't like it <laughs> yeah it it hits close to home at times and like the the crushing groundedness and reality of it all means yeah it's a uh, even if like you respect it it could be it's tough to say you can enjoy this because <laughs> it's just so down not down uh dire and uh, dour yeah dour that's the word yeah. dour like, in its yeah it, it's you can enjoy it in the same way that you can enjoy art you don't yes. come out with thinking that was a good time <laughs> it's enjoyable not fun <laughs> yeah i guess because yeah like i absolutely get anyone who would enjoy reading this like they would come out about thinking yeah that was a good solid read because it's yeah it's just a well put together piece well put together was literally the phrase going through my mind yeah Mm -hmm. whether whether you enjoy it or not that'll be down to the individual but uh mm -hmm. you can definitely respect it in many ways oh i totally understand people who would not enjoy this <laughs> no. i can't i don't know if i did <laughs> the, the first time i i'll get to my final opinion later but the first time around i know when i read it back in 2018 i found the tweet about it i i didn't enjoy it particularly like i, I respected it but i was also like ah they're too horny ah god damn what and also the ending is like uh oh, i fucking hated the ending <laughs> yeah the ending is weird i i can't tell if it was a case of he got told you're finishing next month wrap it up or not because it's very out of nowhere is not the right way for it but it does feel like uh oh time to end here's the ending yeah. done yeah it it has one of those time skips that we were talking about earlier and then all of a sudden, it's just them finishing school and moving on. And it, so it's like a little while later, like another year later or something. I'm not sure. Like it's yeah. a while later. And then suddenly everything's fine. Like all the depression that these people were feeling seems to have cleared up. Uh, I, people it, have just figured shit out. So I wouldn't say anything. So Sobi's already gone by this point. Sobi isn't in the final chapter. Uh, his issue is resolved in the penultimate one. But... Uh, mm. I mean, he's not in the final it's, chapter. Yeah, he's no, in no, I'm okay. agreeing with that part. Sorry, go on. It's more, I wouldn't say his stuff is resolved, because my biggest issue is that we never find out what happened to him. Mm -hmm. Because the last we see of him, he's talking to the police. Yep. What? And it's like, all right, um, what, what, what happened there? Yep, that's, you've that's you've missed like two chapters worth of stuff for him. So his, his, his final scene is with Komei. He talks with Komei in his final scene. The police is like two chapters before that. No, I'm sure the police yeah, are after. Because after the police currently. stuff uh, becomes the bit where he's in the cafe. And he's... This is like portrayed as like a week later as well. So after the big kind of... It's implied that he's committed suicide and all of that. I mean, you just cut to him and he's just sitting in the cafe. And that's where he meets the girl on the shore. And that's kind of where his catalyst for becoming better is. Because of that chance encounter, he... Yeah, more no, cheery I, I, I know all that. I'm just okay. convinced that comes before he meets the police. No. Well, in that case, the police thing is even no, I'm, left I'm even more unresolved. Right end of chapter nine is him talking. Uh, chapter nineteen is him talking to the police. 
and chapter 20 has the time skip. So he talks to Komei, and then at the end of that conversation, he walks away, away and bumps into the police. And they're like, hey, we've got some questions for you. Oh, great. Is my thing not cut, put in pages again? Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I love it when my thing does that. That's what I get for using apps. Yep, because the very last frame of that, uh, that issue is, hey, we have some questions. Sure, no problem. You just never see them again. And, and yeah, and then that is literally the last we see of him because then it's the time skip. Yeah, the entirety of the last chapter, or like the last sort of, let's rather than the last chapter, the whole final chunk of story, let's say, it, it all just stops. <laughs> like, it's all just suddenly, things are cleared up, some things aren't, that's the end. Like, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, like Phil says, the uh, last time we see male lead character, uh, he... Sobe. Sobe, sure. Which I'm now just remembering was the male, one of the male leads from fucking Loveless. <sighs> that shit's never gonna leave my brain. Yeah, like we just see him talk to the police and they are saying, like, hey, we have questions about this thing that involved you. He's like, uh, okay. yeah, so we've not actually really. No, we have. Actually... This, this is one of the plot points that you kind of need to do in order, kind of. So, yeah, Sean actually originally kind of alluded to this character when he said there was five characters three of which aren't the main characters, and then never told you the one that was involved in this besides Asobe, is there's um, another male character called uh, Misaki, who is like a year older than our main characters. Mm -hmm. But uh, Kome has a crush on him, and he basically just uses her for sex. Pretty much, yeah. They are... Uh... They're implied that they're going to start going out, but then, yeah. Um... It's not really even implied they're going to start going out. Like, she asks him, and he's like, nah, but we'll still bang if you want to. Yeah, this is an unfortunately recurring oh, scene. Actually, I suppose, character. actually, there was that one scene. He was like, oh, maybe if you give me another blowjob, I might change my mind. So, yeah, before the story starts, it's implied that they're about to start going out, but um, then she... He forces her to give him a blowjob, and that's kind of... Obviously, as I mentioned, sexual abuse at the start, and that's the catalyst for her abandoning him and then kind of running to uh, Sobe, who she knows has feelings for him. Yeah. So there's that, and then Sobe, I guess, wants to get some sort of revenge on him. He's never really clear on his motivations on this. I think the implication is that Masaki and Ko are the people who drove his brother to suicide. See, this I think... thing, I was like, maybe, but it's never because it's implied that it was the Yakuza who are involved with the baseball team, but I don't think at any point we know Masaki's on the baseball team or is in any way involved with the Yakuza, so I don't know. And just for the people who haven't read this who are still listening to it, you don't really need to know about any of this. No. It, like, it's, yeah. it's not super relevant, but it's just like some side, some set dressing that happens. But the point is, for some, yeah. The point is, Saki is more there to set up the start of the story, or at least uh, set up the start yeah. of the story for Komei, and then just also happens to be in the story. But then, yeah, basically, Isobe is like, I want to fuck Misaki up for reasons that aren't particularly clear it's, necessarily. Say, it could be his brother, it could be because of what he did to Komei. It's hard uh, yeah. to really tell. It could also be because um, he's just jealous of them because those are the people that, that's the person that, uh, she female lead. Uh, sure, that's the one that she has feelings for, and not him. 
So it's possible. Well, yeah, that, that's why I say it's, it's not clear exactly why he's doing it. But um, basically, one night it's raining. He goes out with a big coat hood and beats the fuck out of him using a taser and a cattle prod. Ah, uh, no, no, no. He, we see. It's actually quite clever writing here, um, because or art, I guess, rather than writing, because we see him gearing up. This is the part where I thought he was like building he up to go to become a, a mass murder. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. going to do a school shooting. Because it was very sort of um, internalized dialogue of being like, like the whole world's against me, everyone's shit kind of thing. Mm. And so we see him gearing up and picking up this taser. And then, yeah. so we see him do this. This is like, this is the Chekhov's gun of the situation. Like, you know, this taser's getting used. And so then he does the whole altercation. And uh, then when he pulls out the taser against this guy, uh, he says, ah, Why don't you put the taser down and fight me man to man? Very, uh, very uh, terrible 90s movie. And um, this guy is bigger than... than uh, fucking, I'm really it's bad at names. Sobe, right. It's Sobe. It's Sobe. There's an eye at the front. <laughs> Sobe is loveless. It's Sobe is this one. Isobe, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's much bigger than him. He's clearly going to win the fist fight. And to the point of he throws down the taser. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll fight you man to man. At which point... Um, other guy scoops it up I'm like, haha, you could be an idiot. You pick that uh, you'd throw away this taser. At which point you then cut back to him and find out that he's got a telescopic baton in his bag as well. He's about to brain him. Yeah. yeah. Beats the shit out of him. With... Yeah. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, it cuts away yeah. at that point and then you come back to the police with them. I think. Yeah. Unless that's also something that got cut out of my version. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, um, you say, you see this fight, you see somebody pulling out this, Baton, say I wasn't sure if it was a baton or a it's, it's definitely a prod, yeah. but yeah. that that sort of shape. To yeah. be fair, I also just love that scene because he's taken out the accomplice basically first of all, and he's like, "Man, what's this? What's this bag of clearly like cannabis weed. or like weed, weed yeah. or some kind?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, he likes collecting weed. Oh, you know what? I'll call the police on you. Know, like, really? What will they say when they find this? Like, I won't call the police on you." <laughs> She well, it's not even that. He says, like, I've, I've called, called the police already. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not trying to avoid repercussions for this, really. He's just like, no. I just want to get my revenge. Which, again, feeds into the whole, he's going to shoot up a school. Like, he's going to shoot up some people. That, like, it definitely was going that way, if left unchecked. But uh, I guess it got checked eventually. So, whatever. I say, Ch chance encounter gave him a new outlook on life. But you, you have that altercation. Sobe leaves after winning, I guess. Mm -hmm. The police yeah, doesn't stick find, around for the cops. Yeah. yeah, cops come around, find Masaki. They have some words, I guess. And then a chapter or two goes by, and then the ending of chapter nineteen is some police walking up to Sobe and like, "Hey, can we talk to you about this incident that happened on this date? Like, where were you? Someone yes. said they saw you there, kind like, of thing." We have some questions for you, and then he just says, "Yeah," and that's the last you see of him. And, like he doesn't yeah, that's, resist that's it. Literally it. And it's like, well, okay, did he confess? Did he get away with it? I think I the assumption... Never know. I think the I thing is supposed to imply that this is, because of his newfound outlook on life, he's accepting consequences and responsibility for his actions. Because... Yes. He's matured, I think, is the assumption. Though. Well, the assumption is that he didn't get away with it, that he got arrested, and he's now living with his choices. Sure, I, 
that's kind of a recurring theme of him at the end, but it does just cut off in the middle of nowhere. This this thing, I don't mind that resolution. It's just literally, it would be nice to have a comment in the final chapter, just like, oh, he's still in prison or something. Yeah, because there is like a extended conversation between um, a couple of characters who are like explaining how everyone is and well, that's where Komei and um, Sota. Cash guy who fell down the stairs, called. yeah. 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 Talking like, I think about a year later, it's implied that one yeah. is after. I think it's a bit more than a year because they're talking about university entrance exams, aren't they? Something like that, yeah. So they would be final year of a high school. Well, they were, actually at the beginning, they were saying how a lot of them weren't going to go to high school. So this is like the end of high school. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. The main story takes place at the end of middle school. So they would be 14, I think. High school's three years, so 14, 15, around that ballpark. See, I thought in the final chapter, and this one is just me assuming, so this one, I could well be wrong there, but in that chapter in the background, you see two characters kissing who haven't been introduced and are never pointed out other than, oh man, goddamn, kids yes. these days in love. And I thought one of the implications that maybe that's Isobe and the girl on the shore. I mean, it could have been, but I yeah. saw that more as um, narrative symmetry. Oh yeah, no, that also. That was kind of my assumption. Like, there's no reason to believe it's Isobe, as far as I can tell. Although the fact that you didn't know kind of proves our earlier point of the art is not always the clearest. Well, no, because there's a difference between how people evolve in one month, where it was sorry, one week, where it was still very obvious, especially as he was a folk character, and this one where they don't say anything and it's very background. And again, yeah. because the characters are realistic, as opposed to here's extravagant green hair, McGee. Uh, I can forgive it a little bit more if characters can blur together in the background. God, how are we supposed to know who the main character is if they don't have Yu-Gi-Oh here? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, who would you say the main character of this is? The uh, the guy or the girl? The girl. Most of it's from Komei's point of view, so I'd say Komei. Yeah, but like a lot of it is about how... Alternatively, crazy for two lead characters. Well, yes. But it's clearly <laughs> meant to be from like one person's perspective. The thing is... Because the reason why I think it can often be the... Isobe. Isobe, yep. I was getting there. Probably. You'll <laughs> never you? know now. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> it's because you do get these points where large chunks of the story stop being about Soba and stop... Um, is, stop You're being so about... Close. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know why I keep up this Stop charade. being about Soba noodles. Sure, sure. Stop being about noodles and starts being about main character from Loveless. That's the same person. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, all right. Starts being about girl and starts being about guy. Is that what you're yeah, Mike, yes. Mike, Mike, okay. Mike, hang on, hang oh, on. Are you going to write it down? <laughs> Get a post-it note. <laughs> Phil's giving me his crib sheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it stops being about the female lead and starts being more about how the relationship with her is affecting him because for a large chunk of the beginning of this story he's very much depicted as the bad guy taking advantage of her because she is overly promiscuous like she initiates sex a lot of the time but you never quite are convinced that she's really wanting it she's just kind of wanting a way out from depression for a few minutes yeah, well, the first half of the story explicitly is kind of like he's very much into 
not so okay, not so very much, but he has clearly has feelings for her and is constantly saying like that. For example, they never kiss, even though he's asked several times like, yeah. "Oh, can we?" Well, can I mean, we kiss uh, he actually straight up asks her out multiple times, or says, "Do you like me?" And she's just like, "No, no I just like yeah. your dick." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and this kind of changes halfway through the story yes. um, to be more the other way around. So then, so the catalyst for that. Can I? Do you mind if I interrupt? Interject, sure, sure. So the uh, the catalyst for that in the kind of middle. So I've mentioned her a few times. She's unnamed, but the girl on the shore is essentially a random girl that they find photos of on one of um Sobe's, I presume, brother's older SD cards when she needs a new SD card for her camera. I, I thought the SD card was one she found on the beach. Not that one. No, that's one that um Sobe gives her. It would make more sense if it was one she found on the beach, but it's not. Well, okay then. Don't get me sad on that point. But yeah, so basically, uh, she like looks at that and is like, "Whoa, that's crazy! Like, why? Why do you have all these pictures of this girl?" And he's like, "I've never seen her before in my life." But um, I mean, hell, I'll give you another card. I'll keep this. And then he becomes a lot more fixated on this character, making her her desk his, there, making her his desktop wallpaper, which is where um, Komei then starts to develop feelings of jealousy to the point of deleting all of those photos and being like, "No, no, no, you." You're only allowed to be interested in me. Oh Christ, do I have feelings for him? And that's kind of where the flip starts to happen. Because the main thing about that is that because all of these people are terrible in their own way, and not yes. completely without reason, but they're all they're selfish. crappy. They're all crappy teenagers. And but because they're all like bad in their own way, she, he starts to point out more and more how she is just constantly manipulating him. And at first, that hits like he's just gaslighting because he just wants more sex. And at first, it's like, yeah, that's totally what's happened. He's still the bad guy. But that, over time, warps the, through the storytelling to show, hang on a minute, no, that is exactly what's happening. You're never quite on board with him as a character. Like He's, ne he's never a good person. But these people are manipulating each other. And yes. they're kind of just so sad and wrapped up in their own sadness that they just sort of let it happen even though they're kind of aware of it uh, it's just a very very toxic situation yeah they're both trying to be the support the other needs but it's like they're two, not always two very horny pointy i can't think of that there's a there's a metaphor for this and i can't think of it but it's like two very pointy things just constantly stabbing each other as they try and get close sure it's uh porcupines i don't know there's a there's a metaphor uh, something somewhere. like that yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, they're not always supportive of each other, except when they themselves need support. Like it's a very selfish relationship, and that that is the central crux of this story. And this is the point where people decide whether or not they can enjoy this story. When you realize that point, because if you're just not into toxic characters and i mean toxic in the sense of personality and selfishness etc if you're not into that kind of thing then this will hit a bad nerve with you like you won't enjoy this you'll think all the characters are horrible if however that's not something that particularly bothers you and you just like to see complex characters this could possibly what be one of the best manga you've ever read possibly i mean i don't know your experience but yeah, it's it's a very strong contender for a very good manga. As a result of this, this is probably going to be the most polarizing one we've read so far. 
Absolutely. I mean, to give that's obviously uh, Manga Dex is currently down as we record this, but uh, if you look at the mal reviews, the featured reviews go in the following score pattern uh, 8, 2, 9, 2. Out of 10, I'm assuming. Yeah, out of 10. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I assumed you meant <laughs> out of 100. Infinity. <laughs> well, I thought you meant out of 100. I'm like, two, that's oh, a bit low. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what, they only go as high as nine? Wow, people fucking hate this thing. <laughs> But it is a case of like the eight and the nine both going to the complex nuances of the narrative, whereas the twos are both primarily going like, God damn, there's a lot of sex scenes. Where's the story? Yeah, and I I always scroll down to the comments because I do enjoy a good dumpster fire. You are a masochist, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I so I read the comments on this when I was reading it. And yeah, that's very much reflected in what I read as well. A lot of people saying, like, man, fuck that guy. And, and other people saying, no, no, don't fuck that guy. And <laughs> I would yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's apparently he has a good dick. Apparently so. But then again, she's a teenager who's yes. <laughs> not experienced enough and also too much at the same time. I don't think her frame of reference is really all that. Her frame of reference is him and him alone. <laughs> yeah, it's just much. like, yeah, like she doesn't have a good barometer for this situation. One thing they will both say, in not-so-subtle terms, is they are what each other needs in that moment. But they also both accept that what they need in that moment is not a long-term solution. Yeah, neither is the catalyst for the other's recovery, but they're both a stopgap measure, I guess. Oh, it's a classic toxic relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's like, these people are no good together, but they keep going back because that's all they know. And even though it's terrible, it's also safe. Yeah. I mean, this is hammered home, but I think there's a point in the middle where they do like drift apart and they both kind of go on in their own way. And then they both end up relapsing like by the end of the chapter back to yeah. each other. Toxic relationships are very much like an addiction. Kobe's like, oh, Sobe's not paying attention. Then. Oh, well, I'll go to my other toxic relationship with Misake. Yeah. Which then also goes, you know, horribly because he's not a good person. So then immediately goes back to a sober. Yeah. And it's uh it's very hard to read this. Um not in like the technical sense, although we did talk about that. It's it's very in hard because it's a sense. <laughs> it's it's a very emotional read, is what I was gonna say. But yes, there's also quite a lot of erect penises in this. Usually the same one. Usually, not always. Uh, yes, always. No, not always. There is one, there is a scene where you see a different person's erect penis. I think when you see Misaki's harem, not harem, uh, uh, his, his sex there, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I've I don't think you ever see his penis, but yes, I suppose there is. You don't see Misaki's, but you see his friend, I think. You totally see other dicks. I'd pay attention okay. to this kind of thing. Sorry. <laughs> Mike pays attention to the details when it comes to dicks. Got the that. details? Did, did you did you catch the scene where he ejaculates? Because they they don't they don't zoom in on it or anything. It's literally just like one of those four panels where it's the same perspective, and you see her ringing the doorbell. And it's just the same scene, but there's just a tiny little white spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because then doesn't he eat it? He sure not that one. I mean, he does do that at one point. He that's when he stick buys the dildo to go up his ass. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. In one of the very few scenes where you see his father, or at least pre prior to that, you see his father. To be clear. You don't see his father <laughs> no, no, in the no, same no, scene. Sorry, Christ, no, no, no. But that's like one of the ones. So basically, God, explain so much. 
he's kind of left to his own devices, like what with his brother committing suicide, his parents both off and abroad working. So, mm-hmm. well, no, his his mom's abroad working, his dad just works in like Tokyo or something. Yeah, like sure. he works really late and can't get home most evenings. Sure, but basically, he doesn't have the support network that the, of a family that he yeah. Yeah. kind of needs to. It's yeah. also part of the reason why he is the way he is, and you also get that. We haven't talked about it apart from a brief mention, but there's that relatively heart-wrenching scene. So half of his life is essentially carrying on his brother's legacy. Like all of his possessions are pretty much those of his brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everything is so, but not so big. Well, yeah, no, I'm doing it. Pretty <laughs> much everything Komei takes an interest in his life, aside from his dick, belongs to his brother or is a hobby that he inherited from his brother. And he also runs a blog, which was his brother's, and he continues that on. And one of the... Uh, readers of it cottons on man this this tile of writing's changed and there's more ads now is what happened to the original person this website and you get that kind of heart-wrenching scene where he essentially writes an email essay of how his life has fallen apart which does end with like the words help me and then after like half an hour he's like nah and just deletes it all and it's dad just doing it for the lols yeah i actually thought at first that that was because in a scene not long before that um Co- K- Kome, yes. hey! yeah. I'm totally looking at the crib sheet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why I do it? <laughs> yeah, um, she actually asks him what the blog's about uh, because she knows it exists because he essentially says it exists, uh, but she's never read it, and he gets really defensive about that. So I kind of thought at first that it was her emailing him, just like as a way of sneaking information out of him. Because frankly, that's very in character for the for these people, but especially her. She's very, very. Um, I'm gonna say she's very, very difficult emotionally. That's not that's not what I want to say because that that's got different connotations. But she's she's very um, she's very chaotic in her emotional responses to things. She's very uh, like one time uh, Isobe texts her. Uh, saying like, "Hey, do you want to hang out later or something?" And then she flip flops between, like, "Oh, I'm going to be your slave. Oh, I have everything for you. No, sorry, that's actually really cool. But okay, but oh no, I'm actually oh, I uh, your beck and call constantly. It's like, wow, okay, <laughs> like this is hard to nail down at the best of times, and and I get that it's meant to be an emotional experience. It's just." It feels very much like these people are constantly trying to manipulate everything around them because they have an, a perceived lack of control in their lives. Yes, absolutely. And it becomes very difficult to want to get behind any of the characters because of that. Uh, yeah, like, so I thought that, in this in mind, I thought that was her trying to get information about this blog just because she needs to know, because she needs to be in control of everything. But uh, nope, just some... Random, random dude, which kind of speaks to how uh, Isobe is way more likely to open up to some random person than someone who is actually close to him, because he's just I mean, so closed off. You'd you'd have more expertise in this area than I would. Isn't that usually how it works for people with depression? That they find it easier to open up to random people than yes and no. Um, there's the idea of because if someone's a complete stranger, then it's easy to open. It's easy to talk about stuff in your life because and your emotions because it's there's no repercussions involved. That person's going to go away and never come back again. You're shouting into the void, except the void can talk back. 
the issue there is if you're going if you're talking about the therapeutic thing you need to build rapport because those shouting of emotions don't amount to anything you shout you are literally shouting into a void and yeah the void echoes back but it's just it's empty there's nothing there and you need right. to affect real emotional change in order to be able to receive any emotional change you need to have someone who actually cares and that's the folly that a lot of people with um therapy therapeutic need uh so the folly that they often have because you're not getting the uh, emotional support you need off of random strangers because how could you if some random stranger contacted you tomorrow and said hey let me tell you about my problems you'll be like cool whatever don't know you don't care and that's basically what happens in that scene which is ultimately why he like deletes his whole message because he's like yeah this is not actually helping me i mean i assumed it was more because he doesn't want to open up than it is yeah but that's it's the same sort of thing opening okay. up is hard like it's really hard if and if you think it's easy to open up it's because you don't have anything that you're ashamed of and i don't mean like in a a dirty secret or something embarrassing i mean deep-seated issues and feelings that a person gains about any number of things and when that and that sits deep within your psyche and then just piles on again and again and again you just go in this infinite cycle of shaming yourself over something and that's what's hard to show people because you are so embarrassed about whatever this is that you're repressing that it becomes the foundation of building this negative personality which then only makes it worse because you're perceiving everyone as um avoiding you or you're pushing them away and then that becomes connected to you're pushing them away because of this shameful thing and it's a whole vicious cycle because you build on your own depression you can absolutely see that with these characters especially isobe because and that's why i praise this for having such realistic characters even though the situations they're in are not realistic at all i do believe that um some teenagers out there do have these kinds of incredibly toxic sexual relationships i absolutely believe that there are um horny depressed idiots out there but it's not everyone's experience no. but this part is very very correct like this level of depression in teenagers is very common and that's actually very well done i think even more so after the past year i think studies have shown as well <laughs> yeah yeah the last year has not been easy for anyone yeah you can't e you can't even have a casual sex relationship in the past year like god damn <laughs> Well, we've talked about that. As long as you stay six feet away. So as long as you've got a two meter long dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, if you do, fucking well done, you. You know what? You deserve to have your social distance sex. Well, no, because the moment they do that, they'll die. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just like, you've got a two meter long dog. God, imagine that curse. Like, oh, I've got a two meter dog, but the moment I get it up, that's it. It's over. <laughs> all of the blood drains from your body <laughs> into your whale cock <laughs> oh. oh no oh, dear. oh no just to go back to a survey as well something we've not mentioned so we've talked about his brother's suicide mm -hmm. but there's two actually very important things we learn about that the first is that it happened on isobe's birthday 
Yep, just to really nail it in, yep. To really nail it in, which generally my understanding is people who commit suicide, they do things with a lot of symbolism. So committing mm -hmm. suicide on his brother's birthday is not an accident as yep. such. And speaking of accident, uh, there's the fact that Isobe is the only one who actually knows it was a suicide because he found the suicide note on his brother's computer mm -hmm. and deleted it so his parents didn't see it. Because basically his brother died by drowning in a riptide at the ocean they lived near, or lived near. So it was ruled an accident, except he found the suicide note and chose not to tell anyone because he thought, no, that would be worse for them. So... So he harbors a lot of uh, yeah. internal shame and pressure over that. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of panels as well where you see like a figure in a lake, like going. Yeah, he, he's ha he has he has nightmares about it. Yes. Basically, which of course he would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all of the characters of note, and by that I mean the two characters of note. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. Yeah, they they both have a lot of scenes like that. Um, we criticize other manga on this show a lot because it doesn't take time to establish nuanced characters. Uh, that is 100% of this manga. It is nuanced characters. And it is nuanced to add to characters. The problem is when that nuance doesn't tend to have a payoff in this. So like we talked about at the end when it's just like everything, everything's fine now. Goodbye. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it's necessarily everything's fine, but it's just everything's like, yep, yeah, that's the end, so take it or leave it. Well, I know yeah. you were saying you were wondering if he was basically told, right, that's it, you've got to wrap it up, you've got a chapter, two chapters, whatever. The thing for me is the ending actually feels very appropriate for the rest mm -hmm. of the story. I wouldn't want it to be a happy ending. I wouldn't want it to be no. a depressing ending. It just is. Okay, that's the thing. I'm happy with it, the ending, like in terms of tone and that. That's perfectly fine. It does just feel like, even more so now I've seen the ending of the previous chapter, that it does just feel like it just jumps to, and now three years ahead, and she still has feelings for him, but he's with someone else. Uh, the, the support couple split up, it's implied. And the, they just, oh, she found the sea, what she was looking for all along. Because remember, she likes collecting items off the shore. Something she does in chapter one yes. and chapter twenty. Mm -hmm. Well, narrative the... symmetry. Sure, but like considering that, like that's a part of her personality. She likes collecting shit off the shore. You could, you could have that in like one more chapter, maybe, or two yeah. more chapters, or at least have it feed into yeah, yeah. something. Let's <laughs> say so the the thing for me is that just feels normal to me. We've said like, while it's very possible, this could be something that happens to people albeit unlikely I feel like that ending is how this would all play out oh, in the real world absolutely. Like time heals all wounds or at least masks over them like, I, don't, I don't mind the fact it had the time skip and it just showed them or showed her at the very least getting on with her life that's her first kiss in that chapter at the end as well was it her first kiss? Mm, nope uh, well, maybe her first consensual kiss but there's okay. specifically a I mean, Misaki was more like licking her mouth, I'm going to be honest, when that Hey, happens, she actually so. says at one point she defines that as a forceful kiss. Oh, so. fair enough. Okay. But, her first yeah, she... kiss by choice, it's implied then, is in that final chapter. Yeah. Her, her first consensual sure. experience. 
And because you could actually um, argue that a lot of the stuff that she's done before that, like all the sexual stuff, yes, obviously she consented to it, not including kids can't give consent, blah, 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 is... Uh, yeah. Like, not L- including that. Not is like romance, basically. Yeah, like yeah. you could argue that while she did consent to it, it's not really what she wanted at the time, but she didn't know that. I mean, I think one of them in one of the sex scenes, I think she explicitly says in one of the sex scenes, something feels like something's missing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like it's a consent versus informed consent, basically. And like she, she never really realized that she had an option. And yeah, that, uh, that seems to be what, what it's implying there. That like finally she realizes that things can be better. Sure. I, I guess. I mean, I, the thing I like about the ending is it does. Uh, it is very emblematic of the whole tone of the story because yeah. even though it's a lot happier at the end and it does seem to come out of nowhere, everything in the story up until that point is 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 sort of shown and described as this is the most important thing that will ever, ever happen in these people's lives and they're ruining everything as they go along. Which is exactly how a teenager sees yeah, exactly. their life. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like, oh wait, it was just a moment. Like... Yes. Everything, every bad thing that happens, some of it is like not just in story, but in like in life, in real life. Any bad thing that happens may be terrible at the time, but the world will keep spinning. And even if it's the worst thing that ever happens to you, the sun will rise the next day. And I think that's what the ending is going for. The problem is that's what I inferred from the ending. But again, Considering it's definitely a more art housey piece, this whole thing is very artsy. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe the idea is to be able to infer whatever you want based on the very scarce information. It is very jarring that all of a sudden it's like, and much happier tone, much more hopeful, even though there's actual crying involved. <laughs> like, so, uh, hopeful. Like, oh, okay. I, I don't even know if I would necessarily say it's more hopeful. She doesn't seem particularly happy with her relationship she's in at that point Mm -hmm. she doesn't seem unhappy to be clear but she's still dealing with lingering feelings for a sober i mean there's that it's more just in similar ways to how she was just fucking around with a sober it feels like she's just in a relationship out of convenience sure sure rather than she likes the guy i more meant that the tone of it is more hopeful like versus the dark sad like constantly sullen expressions everyone has a bit more light and brightness to them uh, yeah sure everyone's smiling i guess yeah like i it, mean um the side character shota has gone from you know when we last saw him here pretty much with crutches and a broken leg to it like even though he had obviously didn't get to go with his childhood friend or anything in the end he seems a lot more cheery and has hope for the future of being as a coach of his yeah. baseball team i mean yeah, talking yeah about he doesn't end up with it but he yeah. straight up says i'm always waiting for you <laughs> sure but again teenagers yes sure but... <laughs> silly kids in a hick town phil <laughs> does it ever actually say where this is based random no. seaside town right okay so no <laughs> it is. I mean, would, would it matter if it did? Like, what would it add if it did? I don't know. Maybe there's some <laughs> cultural thing we're missing. There usually is. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I don't think we've done a single episode of this show without missing some major cultural thing. 
that someone is listening to and internally screaming about. I feel this is the most globally applicable series we've probably read. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. Like, there is very little in here which is um, very culture-specific. Like, they talk about a spring festival at one point, but that's... Yeah. Outside of, like, the high, the high school or middle school, whichever one it is, they're in festival. Middle school. Which isn't even necessarily a thing you wouldn't see outside Japan. It's just it's so much more prevalent in. Yeah, well, it's also culture. just not relevant to the story. Oh, like, no. it's just a thing that's happening in the background. So like anything which is culturally required for this is kind of just there. It's scenery to be chewed on and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we, you get a lot of like, oh, here's this band or this idol group or whatever. And yeah, like, obviously we're not going to know them. Yeah, but it's like once it's once the translator know explains it's a band, you're like, cool, I get it. Yeah, like yeah. So like it, not not if it's ever important. It's just like, oh, did did you watch that thing on TV? It, mm -hmm. it could be literally whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Outside of like the one song that comes up multiple times, which in fairness I've listened to, and it's just a song. So I mean, yes, it is just a song. I also I, I would say it also just doesn't matter. Yeah, a lot of it doesn't matter, because the thing that matters is not what it is, it's what it is to these characters. What it represents. Yeah, and uh, as a result of that, as you say, it's universal to everyone here, apart from people who aren't teenagers yet, I guess. <laughs> I Like, because they haven't In had that, that case, experience why yet. are you listening to this? A, why are you listening to this? B, sure. like... Now, I'm all for, like, eh, who cares if kids sees a titty. <laughs> but um, this is probably a bit above, like, a 10-year-old. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I'm not saying, for the record, not saying kids should read this. I'm just saying that's probably the one group of people that this doesn't directly ap apply to. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, teenagers will definitely be able to, to, to see Will likely be able to relate to some aspect yeah. of the story, even and, if it's not know, what their life is. All adults were teenagers once, so speak for yourself. Well, as far as I know, none of no adults just spontaneously spawned <laughs> into existence. So far as I know, so oh, I'm assuming that it applies to most adults as well. Yeah. Fucking hell, this thing was sad. Yeah, <laughs> it was so sad. It's just like the entire dour tone of the whole thing. It's very draining emotionally. Like it's very just sort of hard to sit through. It's like wading through thick soup. I mean, one of the one of the reasons I picked this was I know that can like originally I had planned to make my next pick to be a show name, but I was like, no, this is very, this is despite the fact it covers some things we have covered in previous episodes, it's very tonally different to pretty much anything we've covered on Trash Manga Friends. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 there you go. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty much all of it. In that case, Phil, is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we? Uh, Go to our closing thoughts. Uh, nothing I can think of. Cool. Then uh, it's, it's so hard to talk about this. Yeah. Well, in that case, like, so you've now read this, all of this. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say, would you read more? Because that's not exactly how it. You can't. Sure. So, uh, but as I mentioned, it is licensed. So, is this something you would consider buying, or I guess? If it got adapted in any way, shape, or form, would that be something? Would you be interested in seeing more of this world, this universe, these characters? Okay, so let's pretend for a second that the last bundle of chapters didn't happen. There was no huge time skip, and we just kept following these characters. 
and there kept being more manga after that. Would I continue reading that part? Probably not, unless there was a slight tonal change. I do mean slight, because the whole thing is just sad to the point of it's so hard to read. Like it's it's like reading a one of those stereotypically thick Russian tomes of stories, like your War and Peace or whatever. It's like it's just so hard to be able to be able to to emotionally connect to something which is just so savagely on your emotions at all time. However, the reason why I might read it if it was to continue going is because I would love to see these characters grow. I would love to see uh, how they go from this into someone who realizes that this was just a moment in time. I would love to see where this goes. And the fact that it just stops dead, I think is a huge disservice to this story. I'm all for things living their life and then ending at appropriate times. I just don't feel like the ending was appropriate here. That being said, uh, I probably would not read this on my own without being prompted for to do it for this podcast. Uh, I'm not into slice of life. I don't think I've made a secret of that. And frankly, <laughs> if no. they and like this is probably the best slice of life we've ever read, and probably will be the best one we ever do read. But the reason I can't connect to it is because it's just it's such a difficult read, and I feel like if it was ever adapted into an anime. They would just constantly have the sad music on the entire time, so it wouldn't it wouldn't even be easy to watch. It would just be like you just have to get through it, and it would just feel like a slog, because this does feel like a slog at times, especially because it's all revolving around the same theme, meaning that it does feel a little bit repetitive. So it does have some major downsides, but I will maintain this is an incredibly well written and well drawn piece. Very well put together, and if you are into, if you want to pick up a more serious story that um, takes a more adult look into the inner psyches and uh, emotional states and even sexual needs, I guess, of uh, people trying to grow into adulthood, into that classic coming of age in a weirdly more accurate way than a lot of other things would do. This is a fantastic thing to pick up and read. Um, this is, you said at the beginning of the podcast that the the author of this was Eisner nominated. Uh, Three-time Eisner nominated, I believe. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me um, based on this. If, you, if all of their writing is this caliber, then they should win something <laughs> at some point because, yes. goddamn, this is very, very good. Not for me, but I'm not sad I read it either. Cool. Uh, tell you what, I'll go next then. So um, it's interesting that you mentioned as well anime there. There is an anime that is in some regards tonally similar called um, Flowers of Evil or Aku no Hana, which is actually um, what some of the reviewers, if you read the Wikipedia page, compare this to, uh, which is a slog because that's a 13 episode standard length anime and was one of the worst animes I'd ever seen because Jesus Christ, <laughs> it goes on and on and on it didn't and help. on. It had all that rotoscoping shit either, did it? Oh, rotoscoping no. was fine. I had zero issues with that. I thought the audio-visual aspect was its strongest element. It was just such a slog and the characters felt so bad. Maybe because it got dragged out so much. But uh, 
So I was kind of a little apprehensive going into this. I know the first time I read it three years ago, I think I, if you look on my mal, I think I gave it a four, which was that I could, I love the art and I could appreciate what the story was going for, but it was just so dour that I struggled, especially with the ending and the uh, abundance of sex scenes, even if I don't feel there is a prevalent as you two did. Uh, now, I don't know. Now I've had time and distance, and now I've read it a couple of times over with the knowledge of roughly where the story goes, albeit without half a chapter, apparently. But uh, I, I can respect it a lot more. I said at the start, this is kind of very much an art house style manga, if that's a term that exists. And I, yeah, I strongly believe that. It's not a manga you'll love. It's not even necessarily a manga you'll like at times, but it's definitely a manga I respect. And it's definitely proof positive that Inio Asano is not necessarily the best mangaka out there right now, but he's definitely one of the unique voices in the scene compared to so much same old, same old, a lot of which we've already covered in the previous 24 episodes of this show. So I have a huge amount of respect for it, especially for his art. I think I liked it the most of the three of us, but the sound of it, I thought it was just masterfully done. And especially, maybe it's because of all the stuff we've read recently for the show, but I can respect how much more complicated and nuanced it is compared to a lot of series. And even though it's dour, I came out of this liking the series a lot more than I had done in the past. So I already own this. Spoiler, as I say, I bought it three years ago. Uh, I feel if it's hard to say if I'd read this for the first time for this show, if I'd have the same feeling, because it might just be like I did last time. Where I read it for the first time, I was like, nah, and then came back to it, I was like, yeah. But um, I don't regret buying it, and that's certainly a change from how I maybe thought about this three years ago. So uh, if you want something a lot more grounded, a lot of manga, and something that kind of hits home is a lot more real in its tone and its art, this is definitely worth checking out. Or if you just want to read a manga that shows more of what you can do with manga outside of endless shonens or isekais or uh, shoujos or anything like that. This is definitely something that uh, is pretty much beyond comparison. But Phil, this is also one of the rare times where you haven't read the series before the show. This is a uh... so I get to ask you these questions for once. Um, would you buy it? It's as I said, out now from Vertical. And uh, if there was more stuff done in this universe, would you read slash watch it? Mm. No, to both. <laughs> just blanket no. Just no. Uh, it is all right. Um, I mean, I've read similar stories a bunch. Um, it might be better put together than some of those. It certainly is shorter and perhaps better paced in some ways. It could just be it's not particularly my cup of tea in some ways. But I, I'm not massively bothered by this myself. Say so it it's well written. It's it's the art's alright, the art's good. It, even if I'm not a massive fan of it in this particular instance. But I nah. It's it's not something I thought was so great I need to buy it. It's not something I wouldn't want to see anything more in this universe either. I don't even know how you would in a good way. Live action adaptation, I don't know. I, uh, right, so don't an anime, just an <laughs> anime or some form of adaptation of this. I feel live action would work better for this than anime, I must say. But... Uh, I don't know, because the thing for me is the art very much reminded me of 
a film. I just can't remember which. But no, I, it's not something I would go out of my way to watch in any case. So nah, that's a no from me, dog. There you go. Phil will continue to wallow in trash. So, <laughs> gotta to, gotta to throw you under the bus at some point. That's a tradition. No, then you'll isekai him into a universe where he's reincarnated as a strawberry, and he'll be happy oh. there. Damn it! I was about to say, please. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. No, no, uh, no, no, no more isekais for a while. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there you yeah. go. That's uh, that's our kind of thoughts on going with Shaw. It's uh. A complicated series to sum up. So, uh, but as Mike mentioned, I think way back towards the top, uh, if anything we've said has interested you, one worth checking out for yourself and uh, draw your own conclusions and opinions on. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you want to hear more of Mike's complicated opinions, where can they find those, Mike? Where are you at on the interwebs? Complicated opinions. I mostly just talk about farts and you know it. So I, <laughs> I'm sorry I, I took you so far out I'm of your comfort zone. <laughs> if that's the case, Mike, why have we not discussed the scat scene of this series? Then I <laughs> that there was a scat scene. Yeah, you never see poop. Let me make that clear. Yeah, you yeah, never I see poop. Yeah, you kind of see poop. You, you saw poop. Yeah, yeah, you do kind of oh, see poop. Oh dear God! Did I did the page get cut again? You see, you see, <laughs> you see her asshole being stretched slightly <laughs> definitely poop there's definitely poop link me that while phil, well, phil while mike uh, plugs I'm, stuff. I'm trying to find it already <laughs> just a nice little uh, extra nugget of information for uh, <laughs> uh, for comedy of that caliber you can find me on my twitch channel that's twitch.tv slash berserkra b-e-r-s-e-k R-E-R, and you can probably find me on Twitter at the same name as well. That's Berserkra, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. And uh, I promise nothing about more hilarious poop jokes along the way. Oh, dear. I mean, hey, if they, uh, if they tune in on Tuesdays, maybe... I mean, based <laughs> on what you generally tend to eat before those streams, maybe they'll see you <laughs> poo yourself. <laughs> yes, currently, at the time of this recording, I do Ring Fit streams on Tuesdays, so... There's only a matter of time before I straight up shit myself on stream. <laughs> then again, uh, I don't think it's got anything to do with exercising. With it's just a matter of time before that yeah. happens anyway. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. You can, you can find me at SlazerKing, S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G. Uh, hey, maybe I'll be tweeting about the current anime season that started recently. Who knows? But that would involve me watching anime, which uh, I don't really tend to do these days. Who's got the time? It's, it's, I know, right? It, like locked in when am i supposed to watch it uh phil where can they follow you oh every time with this shit <laughs> no because you haven't linked me this shit yet so <laughs> i mean i'm actually oh it was actually that page okay i'm on twitter at Fanaxian. there's there's your shit sean <laughs> nope that's a uh... error 10220 access denied <sighs> that's that's not shit phil I mean, like, it is shit in its own way. Like halfway <laughs> through that chapter. Right after the spreading of the butthole. <laughs> Have a look. Don't, don't mind me, viewers. This is very important. <laughs> this is very important. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a poop. Ah, okay. <laughs> right. You're right. That is. Damn. Damn. Oh, man. Well, that's I'm the best ending we've had so far. <laughs> well, on that shit show. Oh, dear. You could follow Sean the. Sean eats shit. It's also heavily implied that he eats it, just so you yes. know. 
What do you mean? Have, like they, I gathered that much considering he said, <laughs> like, "I want to eat your shit." Earlier he does on. say that, yeah. Like I'm we sorry, did that, mean it. That still has nothing compared to the Shakespearean line of "Don't worry about it as long as you've got a hole. That's all I need." Yeah, that's yeah. standard teenage stuff. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so you had a different teenage time than me. Say. Evidently, <laughs> you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast, where you'll get notified the moment new episodes go live. Or you could just subscribe to us on one of the various podcasting services. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google, we're on Stitcher, and we are on TuneIn. So whichever one takes your fancy, make sure you subscribe to us so you get new episodes the moment they come out. And you're not going to want to miss the next one because, uh, as I mentioned at the start, this was my turn taking the reins. But next fortnight, it's over to Mike in our kind of episode 26. That's right, we're almost at a whole year of episodes. So Mike, how are you taking us out for year one? What's What's your next pick? What what could possibly follow on from Pooper, your last pick? Oh, have you Poop. thought? <laughs> oh, have you thought this one was too sad? Then we're going to be much happier next time. Much happier. I don't believe you. You shouldn't, because we're going to be following a uh, going back to Korea for this one, and uh, we're going to be following a high school student who who's a bit of a recluse. You know, he doesn't get on very well with his family, and then one day they are tragically killed. In a car accident, which he was not oh, there it's for. Oh, an isekai. <laughs> not yet. Uh, which forces him to move into a uh, very strange, very unsettling apartment building. Which, after a long time of living there and just things getting stranger and stranger, suddenly a uh, body horror monster apocalypse happens. And we have to figure out what the hell is going on. It's light and cheery, and you know that because the manga itself, or manhwa, webtoon, webtoon is called Sweet Home. So you know, lovely. Is it in Alabama? It is not in Alabama. The opportunity Aww. missed. Well, uh, there you go. So we will we will take our sweet time to read that, and we will see you in a fortnight. Thanks for listening. As always, take care. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs> Poop. <laughs>